Welcome to your High Vibration Life podcast with Robin Openshaw, also known online as the Green Smoothie Girl. When you're living your high vibration life, you're healthier in every way. You're more productive, creative, peaceful, and loving. Your high vibration life is calling. And now your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw and welcome back to your high vibration life. We are getting pretty close to launching my book in October called Vibe. And it has everything to do with the very best bits of what you've been learning on this show. And you can go get an amazing deal at greensmoothiegirl.com slash high vibe if you pre-order the book. So greensmoothiegirl.com slash high vibe. Depending on when you're, whether you're hearing this, you can order the book and get the audiobook for free and pre-ordering on Amazon. The price has dropped big time. So very exciting for us. And I hope that you love the book. I wrote it for you. So today's topic is I want to talk to you a little bit about a new and exciting era in medicine. Dr. Oz says that energy medicine is the new frontier. And while we're not necessarily talking specifically about energy medicine, we did that in an earlier episode with Dr. Kellyanne Petrucci. We often talk about what's wrong or what's missing in modern medicine. And today I'd like to talk about some exciting trends and what's new or what is out there that you can tap into that's more than just standard of care. So standard of care medicine is what your insurance pays for basically. And the reason it's called standard of care isn't that it's the only thing that works. It's that it is what this industry, our American healthcare industry is providing. And the drug companies are in collusion with the FDA, are in collusion with Big Pharma, which is potentially the most profitable industry in the history of the world. And together, they're kind, they've kind of just all gotten in league. They've kind of gotten in lockstep. And they don't really want other forms of medicine paid for by insurance. Insurance industry is also in collusion with those industries. And so the main issue I want to challenge for you is this idea that if it's not in the book of insurance codes, which is what our medical doctors can bill to, can bill insurance to, that it's not valid. That's not true at all. Uh, we basically have a monopoly going on in uh, current American medicine where our MDs call anything outside of what they learned in medical school, which traditionally is technologies and drugs and surgeries, anything that's outside that they like to label as quacks or not particularly effective or not as good as what they do. And this isn't true. In 2007, there's a study that in 2007, over two thirds of Americans in that year used some kind of alternative healthcare, something that's an alternative to uh, drugs, surgeries, and technologies that are the purview of standard of care medicine. All standard of care medicine is, is it's books of codes that MDs can bill to. If they can't bill to it, they can't get paid because most of them are primarily billing to private insurance companies and now government insurance, Medicaid, Medicare. So that was 10 years ago that two thirds of Americans use some kind of alternative care. I haven't seen new data, but it's only gone up people's interest in doing something that's outside of the drugs and surgery approach to health. 
Generally, alternatives to standard of care are going to be out of pocket. Not always, but sometimes chiropractors, naturopathic doctors, sometimes their treatments are billable to insurance, but a lot of times they aren't and people are doing it anyway because there are huge missing gaps and there are problems in the way that our medical monopoly approaches disease. So you know how I feel about it. Eating chemicals, you can say taking medications, that's a a euphemism for what I'm more blunt about, eating chemicals, never creates wellness. It doesn't even have that potential. It's a tempting thought that by popping a pill, eating a substance, eating a chemical, we can fix problems. But chemical drugs always create energetic disruption. Eating chemicals always have negative side effects because the human organism isn't built to metabolize or eliminate or assimilate chemicals. Okay, they aren't food to us and they're not appropriate medication in terms of how we metabolize them. It doesn't mean that they can't suppress symptoms. That's why they're a multi-megabillion dollar industry is because they actually suppress symptoms frequently. But it's like having... Um, a gauge on your car and it's running in the red and it's telling you something important and you just put some masking tape over it. Okay. That's what taking a drug is. gets rid of the symptom. But when we are suffering, when we're having pain, when we are having symptoms, actually good signals from the body that something is out of balance. So while drugs may suppress symptoms and they may have their place. Okay. If I'm in a car accident and I need pain medication, I'm not going to be super averse to using a painkiller. I'm really glad that they're there, but using synthetic drugs as your primary line of defense or as your only defense, your only approach to your health is, like I said, it's covering up the signals that your body is giving you that that you need to tell you when something's wrong, okay? And when you cover up those signals, you just head deeper into trouble. So I, I don't just want to make sure that you know that I'm not opposed to the drug approach. A surgery saved my life when I was 27 years old. I had a ruptured ectopic pregnancy, and there's no essential oil. There's no energy medicine. Uh, There was no wishing it differently that was ever going to turn that outcome around. I had to be cut open in the middle of the night. I was out of town and I had to have um, a ruptured ectopic pregnancy that was bleeding out and I would have been dead by morning cut open. So I'm really grateful. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for that surgery. I think surgeries save lives. I think they also massively disrupt energetic pathways. I think they disrupt the biomeridians in the body They can cause long-term problems. And I think that we overuse drugs and we overuse surgery. I mean, antibiotics were a miracle when they were invented and have saved a lot of people from, you know, for instance, bacterial meningitis, when you can catch that and before it kills someone, there's so many miracles there. Strep uh, used to kill people and usually doesn't anymore. But while surgeries save lives, we as Americans tend to have this way of seeing the world that if a little is good then more is better. And that isn't true. Okay, now you get diagnosed with cancer and you're immediately rushed into surgery in a matter of days, even though a substantial number of cancer biomarker tests are false. Um, Now, if you're sick at all, super potent antibiotics are prescribed just in case. When I worked on the state hospital as a a young grad student, um, if one of our inpatient kids got sick, they gave everybody an antibiotic. They literally gave antibiotics preventatively. And when you're sick and you're prescribed an antibiotic, 
and you don't know whether it's viral or bacterial or something else altogether, there's actually only a small chance of, of killing what's making you sick, since more often than not, it's viral, not bacterial. But there's a 100% chance that you're going to have to deal with some very nasty long-term side effects of that antibiotic. And these days, it's so much worse than it was 20 years ago. We're seeing you know, this epidemic of people with SIBO, which is uh, bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine, um, leaky gut syndrome, a loss of, of lots of your immune system, which is in your gut. And that can span years and it isn't going to respond to more drugs. It completely needs a functional approach. Today, we're talking about functional medicine. That's what it's called here in the US. That's what Uh, naturopathic doctors, chiropractors, naturopathic medical doctors, and some MDs, uh, nurse practitioners who want to get people upstream before they've gone off the cliff and they're now down in the lake below. They've now crashed and burned. Functional medicine goes back upstream and takes a look at what went wrong in the first place and addresses the problem. Okay. Cause that rebuilding after they wreck your gut with an antibiotic, modern medicine has nothing to help you with that. That's just not where they specialize. They weren't trained in that in medical school. So let's give a few examples of why the entire movement towards functional medicine has been born. Or let's talk about what in Europe um, they call it. If you know that I take my readers, a small group of green smoothie girl followers or here your high vibration life followers. Uh, I take them to a very special clinic I found way up in the Swiss Alps, the most spectacular place I've ever found in three and a half years studying non-toxic approach to disease. I've been going there for seven years now in 2018 will be my eighth year there, my ninth trip, the eighth year. And in Europe, they call it biological medicine. Okay, we had um, a two-part interview here with one of the most renowned biological medicine doctors who is from Europe, but he's located now on the West Coast. And his name is Dr. Dietrich Klinghart. But here in the United States, a lot of more alternative thinking or holistic thinking doctors have, have embraced this whole concept of functional medicine. Okay. Functional practitioners are going to do things like assessing the levels of nutrition in your body. They're going to look at whether you're low in vitamin D. That's a baseline, in my opinion, that absolutely everyone should get. Everyone should know their vitamin D level. I get tested at least once a year because there's no nutrient. And it's it's actually like more hormone probably than nutrient. It's probably been mislabeled, but let's just call it a nutrient for for lack of a better word, there's nothing more correlated to disease risk, especially cancer, than your level of vitamin D. And so a functional practitioner will assess your vitamin D level, will track it annually. And if you're low, get you on the right kind of supplementation. Now, in my opinion, the best kind of supplementation is an oil-based vitamin D with K, because those two interact synergistically and give you the most bioavailable effect. But one of, the, one of the cool things about functional practitioners in the U.S., or if we're talking about uh, doctors organizing around that principle in Europe, biological docs, is that more and more functional practitioners are able to practice telemedicine. 
And that's where you can actually have a lot more options because they don't have to be in your local area where you have to be able to drive to them within half an hour. You can find a really great functional doctor and work with them by Skype. And you can go to a local lab and you can get lab tests that are ordered through a link that the practitioner gives you. And so don't be limited thinking that you have to find a functional doctor near you. Ask them really good questions about how they work with people remotely and ask them, what won't I be able to get that you offer if I'm working with you remotely and I'm in a different state or potentially even a different country? But a lot of functional medicine doctors do lab tests, just like your typical medical doctor does, but they're probably doing lab tests in different things. They're going to look at your C-reactive protein or your overall systemic level of inflammation. Um, They're going to look at some of the things that you're used to looking at. They're going to look at your cholesterol and blood pressure and triglycerides, all the cardiovascular biomarkers and track those things. They're going to do a lot of things that uh, biological doctors do, but they're going to go levels deeper. They may assess you for your levels of heavy metals because if you've got mercury in your system, And it almost doesn't matter how well you eat because you've got that in your way causing, you know, really high disease risk. So, and I I do want to make a little caveat about the current obsession with food allergy or food sensitivity testing. They are all the rage with functional medicine practitioners. Not all functional doctors are good ones. There's plenty of people out there, just like there are in among the MDs. There's good ones, and there's bad ones, and there's in between. You know, I mean, they all graduated at different places in their medical school, right? I was telling one of my tennis teammates the other day that I think that bedside manner is totally overrated and that people pick a doctor based on how nice he is and how I don't think niceness has a whole lot to do with the kind of uh, the quality of medical care that you get. And I was telling them and they all started laughing, like who would ever do this? Which is a good question. Who would ever do this? I said, I, when, I, when I'm picking a practitioner, I want to ask them, did you graduate in the top 20% of your class? <laughs> so that might seem like a strange thing to, to ask someone, but think about it. Do you want a, do you want a subpar uh, phoning it in, not really into it, uh, accountant to do your taxes if you're a business owner? Um, I want the best doctors. I want the ones who dig to the bottom of every controversy. I want the ones who have good critical thinking skills and aren't just slapping everybody on the ketogenic diet right now, just because it's the, the fad. Um, if you have a functional medicine practitioner who is putting you on a fad diet, like eat right for your blood type, like paleo, like AIP, like FODMAP, like ketogenic is I think the worst right now. I think that's the worst diet out there right now. But if they're putting you on a diet, ask them a few questions about it. It doesn't mean they're a bad practitioner because they put you on a diet if they have really specific reasons for putting you on that diet. But generally speaking, I think it's a bad sign when a functional practitioner puts you on a fad diet. Pretty much all those that I just told you are seriously problematic. The Paleolithic diet has nothing to do with what Paleolithic man ate. It's way too high in animal proteins. There's so much evidence, literally 10,000 studies showing that that much animal protein, it puts you at high disease risk. Ketogenic diet, there's absolutely no evidence, no long-term evidence that you have better longevity or better health from eating that high of fat levels. Just because fats are good doesn't mean more fats are good. This, This episode is not about my opinions on the fad diets, but 
I like a functional medicine practitioner that will help give you guidance and definitely um, promotes eating whole foods. And if you have major food sensitivities and you know it and you feel it, then probably they're going to be helping you get rid of for a while uh, foods that you are allergic to or are just well known to be bad for you. I think processed wheat flour products are I don't think there's anybody who's going to disagree now that that's bad for you. Okay, now we could disagree on whether gluten is bad for you. We don't know if people are so reactive to wheat products because of the Roundup or whether it's it being processed or whether it being hybridized or whether it's gluten itself. I think it being gluten itself is probably the least likely culprit of all those things, but we won't go too far sideways on gluten either, but watch with your functional practitioner, whether they're putting you on one of these diets and then ask them why, if they just want to get you off of, you know, legumes or nuts and seeds or all grains, whatever, for a little while while they, while they focus on helping you heal your gut, that might be a great idea. But back to the idea of all these uh, food sensitivity testings, my friend, Dr. Alan Christensen, who is a naturopathic medical doctor, and I mean, they go through a training very similar to medical school. I think they're the most educated of the functional or holistic practitioners out there. He has done some research where he's taken the same person's blood and send it to two different labs. And he's also done tests where he took the same person's blood and marked it as two different people and sent it to the same lab. And in, he said over 80% of the time, those test results came back so different. They should be identical, right? They should be the exact same thing. If these tests are valid, Um, they came back so different as to be as different as random chance. So I think this casts a lot of doubt on the whole idea of this food sensitivity thing. It makes no sense to me that we take these food sensitivity tests, whether it's a kinesiologist or somebody muscle testing, um, somebody who's into energy healing, using one of the you know, biomeridian machines or one of these devices that tests you for whether your body is agreeing with a certain substance or not. I think those change from hour to hour. I think they could tell you your body wants this essential oil right now. And tomorrow it will tell you a completely different thing. That has been my experience. It's fairly anecdotal, but I think it's really, really clear that our energies are constantly shifting. I have gotten several different tests for my own food sensitivities, not because I was sick, but because I was curious and there isn't any crossover in any of them. Um, Some of them are expensive blood tests. And I think it's entirely theoretical that if an antibody like IgG, IgA, IgM, one of these antibodies is showing up in a blood test, I think it's entirely theoretical that that means then that I am reactive to a specific food. I don't think that's been proven. I think there's significant problems with that. And I think that if you have a reaction to a food, that's the that's a definitive test right now. I don't think there is a really definitive test right now for food allergies and food sensitivities. And I think that our food sensitivities shift all the time. And that makes sense when you think about the fact that that sort of one cell thick membrane in the gut, the 35 feet of your gut is, is, you know, being replaced about every 24 hours or so. So you can totally turn your gut microbiome around in a really short period of time. You can completely change so many things in your body, especially that. So it would make sense that your food sensitivities shift too, as uh, elements in your microbiome are changing. 
if there's one thing about food, if you're watching what your functional practitioner is, is telling you, and I'm not trying to tell you whether a functional practitioner is good or bad, but one thing that I would watch for is I would ask them, what, what are your guiding philosophies of diet and nutrition? And here's the thing. If someone has brought breadth and depth in their understanding of nutrition and wellness, then they should know that there are literally over 10,000 published studies showing two major categorical deficits in the American diet. And one of them is fiber. We eat very, very little fiber as a culture. And while fiber is, you know, by definition, a throwaway, it doesn't necessarily have like nutrients in it. It's just everything. There's soluble fiber, there's insoluble fiber, and it's absorbing toxicity and it's sweeping out toxicity, the the soluble and insoluble. And the other thing besides fiber is micronutrients. That's what people are deficient in. They're they're deficient in the minerals and in the vitamins and in the the phytonutrients. And there's a couple hundred of them, a couple hundred different phytonutrients, minerals, and vitamins. So if everybody in America is deficient in fiber and in micronutrients, and by the way, this is a really important, by the way, by the way, all the foods rich in both of those are the plants. Okay. They're the greens, vegetables, fruits, legumes, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. Those are the foods highest in fiber and highest in micronutrients. Okay. So remember these are not only are these the high fiber, high micronutrient foods, they're also the most high vibration foods. And here they are as a reminder, greens, vegetables, fruits, legumes, whole grains, and nuts and seeds. These are indisputable top categories for preventing disease, for keeping your GI tract clean. And you know what? If you eat fiber, you're a lot more likely to attract and colonize good bacteria, those probiotic bacteria in your gut. Hopefully you heard the episode with Dr. Joel Furman. He's an MD. He is absolutely a leader in functional medicine and in nutrition. And he talked about how, you know, there's all these, these, even, even in functional medicine, even in the holistic folks, there's people saying that we shouldn't eat um, legumes. And he said, of course we should eat legumes. That's how we build up that those little bits of fiber that are attracted by our villi in our gut. And that's where probiotics colonize. Okay. So having a lot of fiber in the diet, and I'm not talking about a little bit more fiber and I'm not talking about Metamucil. I'm not talking about a chemical, uh, synthetic version of fiber. I'm talking about fiber that you get from greens, vegetables, fruits, okay, salads, handful of nuts every day, um, legumes, chickpeas, uh, lentils, split peas, any kind of beans you like. Hope you're thinking about which ones appeal to you, which ones attract you, kidney beans, uh, black-eyed peas, black beans, any of them you like, all those foods are so good for you. And lentils and, and vegetables are such a good mix in a soup or or a dip. So many fun things we can do with the high fiber, high micronutrient foods. So with the rest of this episode, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that they do in Switzerland where I've been taking uh, green smoothie girl followers every June for seven years now. I want to tell you about some of the treatments you might have just so that you can get a sense of what you can accomplish there in a week or in two weeks. Next year in 2018, we are going June 24th to July 1st, June 24th to July 1st. And 
you can come with us if you want, or you can add a week. Okay. We'll stay through July 8th. I'm going to be there for the whole time. Um, if you stay for the second week, um, I negotiated with them this year while I was there, I was just there a few weeks ago, $500 off and a free $250 oligo scan. The oligo scan tells you the level of your heavy metals. Uh, so, you know, if you have some in the danger zone so that you know whether you need to be doing some chelating to sort of attract and bind and remove heavy metals from your body. Uh, it'll give you a scent. Oligoscan also tells you the level of minerals in your body. So it tells you the bad guys, either your heavy metals, and it tells you the good guys, your uh, minerals. And it's a totally non-invasive test. And it's really, really accurate, really exciting technology. Um, it also tells you how blocked your detoxification pathways are. And this is a really important new breakthrough in functional medicine as well. If you come with us for two weeks, you end up with like three sightseeing trips. If you come for one week to do a liver detox, the June 24th to July 1st week, then you get one sightseeing trip. We all take together um, the people who own the clinic. My dear friends, Dr. Petra Vichel and her husband, Ulf, take us to some exciting places in Switzerland and Italy. So for a second week, you're able to get into more deeper healing. You get more diagnostics. You get more personalized treatment dealing with your specific issues. So in the show notes is the link to the page. So again, in 2018, it's June 24th till July 1st. And you can add another week if you can, if you can afford to stay a second week. I'm going to be there for three weeks next year and really for every year for the rest of my life. It's such a great health reboot. It's worth the flight to Milan. Um, the clinic picks us up, which is another little perk I've I've uh, negotiated for those of us who come together. And we have just a wonderful time together. We hike in the Alps. Uh, we enjoy some of the most beautiful scenery you'll see anywhere in the world. So I actually have another time if it's full. When you're listening to this, if that that is full, then we are actually adding a week July 8th to the 15th and a second week after that. But I won't be with you for that whole period of time. I'll probably stay for those first few days and then I'll I'll take off and go home. So check out in the show notes, check the link and you'll see beautiful photos of the clinic. And we're going to have an amazing time together. I hope you can come. So let me talk about some of the things that you'll get in a week or in two weeks. And if you are seriously ill or someone you know is, is very seriously ill and you've been looking for, you know, how can someone get intensive, holistic care? Uh, I would recommend if someone has cancer or a very serious illness, I recommend you not wait to go be treated in this clinic and I'm talking about neurodegenerative disease, serious autoimmune disease, we'll connect you to them for a Skype call to see if a three-week, super intensive, super personalized uh, stay is what you need. That's going to be $19,000. They give my readers a big discount. Um, but a $19,000 three-week stay is um, very powerful. Uh, several of my doctor friends say that they can accomplish miracles in three weeks, but with one or two weeks, you know, you can accomplish quite a bit, but if you're very seriously ill, I highly recommend you go spend three weeks in a clinic of biological medicine and really, um, get some specialized care. So a focus of biological medicine or of functional medicine tends to be to figure out what went wrong to rehabilitate the immune system and to detoxify. And so that's really the focus. And there are a lot of different treatments and protocols that you can do to accomplish that. Depending on where your toxicity is, 
and where you went wrong and how long ago it was. So in a week at Paracelsus Allronk in the Swiss Alps, we do a liver detox. Um, we go through a specific diet. We do a protocol to flush the gallbladder and kidneys. And almost everybody there will see a lot of kidney stones release. The MD there and the people who work there are three female MDs. And in Europe, biological medicine is a legitimate medical specialty. They aren't as committed to uh, the monopoly as we are here in America in our medical system. And MDs can practice more holistically They practice without the use of drugs in this clinic, and they look at doing no harm. These are three well-trained MDs. One of them, the daughter, there's a mother and daughter, uh, is specialized in internal medicine, for instance. So one thing that they'll do when when you get there that I really like is they do live blood analysis, and they take one drop of your blood from your ear, lobe or a fingertip, whatever you want. And they look at it under a dark field, high powered microscope. And it is absolutely incredible to see what all is going on in your blood. You see whether your red blood cells are well oxygenated and flowing well and, and bouncing off of each other instead of sticking together, which is a sign of hyperacidity. If they see hyperacidity going on, they're going to address that with your diet while you're there. You're going to eat a plant-based really cleansing diet that they prepare for you there. It's actually quite lovely. There's a Michelin rated chef who prepares your several course meals. You don't have to do a thing. You stay on site. You're going to get massage. You're going to get colon hydrotherapy. If you're up for it, you get a coffee implant, which uh, dilates your hemorrhoidal vein and allows the liver to dump directly into the lower colon and have all that toxicity eliminated from the body really, really quickly uh, instead of recycling and recycling. And it also increases your glutathione by 800% really quickly with one, one little coffee implant. Of course, it's organic coffee and it's not going through your digestive tract um, like it is when you drink it. So it has a completely different effect on the body and very healing. If you go for two weeks, that's not all the treatments, but you get a lot more in the two weeks. Remember that all these things that we're doing are root cause treatments, either detoxifying you or helping rebuild parts of your immune system. And so all the treatments work with your immune system. They, they shouldn't knock you down. Not like, you know, medical treatments do. For instance, if you're being treated for cancer in standard of care, or actually multiple sclerosis, the same thing, or even bacterial infection, the way standard of care medicine approaches it is to nuke the immune system. If you've been through chemotherapy or, you know, people are even getting chemotherapy for neurological disease these days, never fear. It's never too late. I don't want you to feel discouraged. Make sure that you see what functional medicine or biological medicine, if you're in Europe, has to offer you so that you can detoxify and so that you can rebuild. Certainly are plenty of people who have survived chemotherapy and gone on to thrive. Now, other labs that you'll get if you stay a second week in Switzerland are you're going to look at your nutrition levels, your minerals, your heavy metals, how well your detoxification pathways are working like we talked about. Are you even eliminating well? Um, Do you have leaky gut? I got a a test there this last year. I didn't know you could test for leaky gut. And she told me I don't have it. 
How are your cardiovascular biomarkers? How are your liver enzymes looking? How's your CRP, your inflammation systemically? Okay, these are, like I said before, these are in traditional medicine as well. But if something's wrong and one of your biomarkers is out of whack, the treatment itself is very different. Okay, they're going to offer you in that second week potentially hyperbaric ozone. And I have, uh, I posted on social media and the Green Smoothie Girl Facebook page in June of 2017. So just recently when I'm, when I'm recording this, um, some photos of me going through hyperbaric ozone. In fact, I even did a little video holding it with my left hand. They were taking the blood out of my right arm. It goes through a tube, goes into a little jar thing, and they shake ozone or O3 into my blood. And what that does is it kills bad bacteria. It kills fungus. Um, it is, you know, what lightning does in the atmosphere. Ozone is a natural cleaner in the atmosphere. And it's also used in thousands of industrial applications, but it's really effective in your blood. And that blood comes out, they shake ozone into it, and then they put it back in and they do that 10 times. So the treatment lasts about an hour besides sticking a needle in, it's really painless and it takes out ozonates and puts your blood back in 10 times. And a lot of people feel a lot of energy, but what it really does is it's killing a lot of bad guys and it's doing so naturally. So it doesn't harm you in any way. Another treatment that I get when I'm there, you have to pay extra for this. And a lot of people um, would consider this to be sort of uh, stressful. And probably the only people who are really going to do it are uh, like the biohackers and the cancer patients, <laughs> but hyperthermia, it takes a few hours. I get in this pod you have a rectal thermometer so that you know what your internal temperature is. You're on IV nutrition, um, putting fluids back in as well as some minerals that you lose at a high rate, um, like magnesium and potassium. And it heats you until you hit 102, 103, 104 degrees. And the reason for that is that a healthy, normal cell is optimized at 98.6. You know this, right? You learned that in elementary school that healthy temperature is 98.6. And when you get higher than that, you have a fever. This is inducing fever artificially. And the reason for that is that our, our immune cells are the only ones that are optimized at a much higher temperature. So when we have a fever, let's say 102, 103, 104, and I've done hyperthermia there, I think four times. And one time I got up to 104 and I had to, after the treatment, I went back to my room and I took a nap and I felt like I do when I have a fever. Adults don't get fevers very often, but when we do, it's super powerful for killing cancer cells. Hyperthermia is very studied in Germany. It's a feature, a very common feature of biological medicine, and it's even used as an adjunctive treatment with chemotherapy. It's very standard in Germany to give hyperthermia with chemotherapy. It makes it work better. And with hyperthermia, when you get your body into that fever state, even when they turn the heat off, when you've hit 102, 103 degrees, your body stays in fever. You just lie in there and you stay in fever for another hour or two, and then it slowly comes down. Your body stays there for a while, and it's a really powerful tool. This is why it's so frustrating that when people get sick, they immediately take Tylenol. Okay. A fever is not a Tylenol deficiency. A fever is a really effective way your body has of responding to that danger gauge 
in your dashboard saying, we need to burn out some bad guys here. And we, when your body's at that temperature, your little white blood cells are running around so fast. They go into hyperdrive. They are totally optimized. They're super happy at 102, 103, 104 degrees. They're very active in your blood. You can see this. And I wanted that. I wanted that as a preventative. We all have cancer cells. We all have bacterial cells. And so I did hyperthermia twice while I was there last month. And I think it's just a really effective preventative or treatment for health issues. You're going to have IV nutrient infusions. You're going to, you don't have to do any of these things, but they're available to you, especially if you stay that second week that you um, get a needle in your arm and you get massive doses of vitamin C. Um, If you're deficient in zinc, they're going to give you a, a zinc push, things like that. And for some people, if they have high levels of heavy metals, you can have chelation treatments. And that's again by IV. There are specific substances known to bind to very specific heavy metals. And so they'll give you the ones that they know to bind to the heavy metals that you're high in. There are different binders out there. Um, If you find you're high in heavy metals at home, you can use binders that you can just take like chlorella. Chlorella is a really good binder to heavy metals. So there are lots of other treatments they have there. I've never had leeches there. That might sound completely ridiculous, but in very specific situations, and if people want it, they do leeches in biological medicine still in Europe. They have um, more specific treatments for Lyme disease. There at the clinic, they get a lot of Lyme sufferers. Uh, There's a lot of Lyme in Europe, as well as the US. It's being diagnosed more and more. Uh, They treat a lot of neurological disease. So I highly recommend the three-week stay, and you should get on a Skype call with Dr. Frederica Vichel and talk about a three-week treatment if you or someone you love has a serious neurological disease or cancer, and a three-week treatment at the clinic might serve you. So a lot of times they're going to do chelation because they're trying to get out the bad guys that caused the problem in the first place. They're going to take a look at your dental issues because having a really old root canal can be part of your toxicity. They're going to give you uh, supplements, both nutritional and homeopathic. So these are some examples of what's possible in functional medicine. It's a different way of thinking about your health. And I just want you to know that you can access medicine that raises your vibration. I always leave my trip to Paracelsus all wrong in the Alps every year, just soaring. And my live blood analysis shows why. When I get there, I've just gotten off a long flight. The live blood analysis I do when I get there, I look so much better. I look so rejuvenated and so healthy two weeks later. I have brought home my picture of my live blood under the dark field, um, microscope. And there have been times when I left there, they say your blood is textbook healthy. So I like this as an alternative to always resorting as a first line of defense to what modern medicine offers us, which is always going to lower our vibration might be necessary sometimes might be the right approach sometimes. But remember, even if it suppresses the headache, or beats a bacterial infection in the short term, there's a price to be paid for those energetically disruptive uh, chemical and surgical interventions. So for me, standard of care medicine or the sort of uh, low, low vibe stuff that a typical MD can bill an insurance code for is going to be a last resort. It's not going to be my first or my second resort on a problem 
Unless I'm in a car accident, American medicine really does well there in emergency care, pretty much everything else. We aren't even top 20 or usually top 50 in the world. And our approach to health overall is actually really dismal. So today I just wanted to expose you to how there are more and more alternatives all the time in functional medicine. There are more practitioners who are getting out of standard of care or adding to their standard of care other tools and they work. They're clinically proven. So many of them, they are being published in more medical journals, not the journals that are bought and paid for by pharma, but some of the others. It's really an exciting time to be alive in many ways. So I hope that you come with us June 24th to July 1st in 2018. Add a second week if you can. And we will have a second option because that will very certainly sell out. The second option, I'll only be there for the first few days of it, is going to be July 8th to the 15th with a an optional second week of extension. Coming really soon, I have an exciting interview for you with my friend James Maskell as a follow-up to this episode. So watch for that soon, not next week, but soon. He's a, he's a leader in organizing functional medicine doctors all over the U.S. He's a Brit living in the United States with his American wife, and he puts on conferences on how to make functional medicine more accessible to people. And he is helping more practitioners transition into a more holistic or functional practice. So there are plenty of practitioners out there, including regular MDs who are really frustrated with the limitations of their practice in just drug and surgery and tech. They're frustrated by the harm inflicted on many patients. They're frustrated with problems with efficacy. Does it even work? And you know, a lot of the treatments in standard of care medicine are devastating to a person's health long term and sometimes don't work. I mean, we declared war, Nixon declared war on, in 1972 on cancer, and there's really no overall gain since then. Okay, so we really have lost the war against cancer. I mean, we're intervening earlier and we're doing mastectomies and chemotherapy on stage zero and stage one breast cancers. And so those people live. And so it makes it look like we're doing better against cancer. But when you control for some of those variables, we're doing very badly with cancer. So watch for that. James Maskell will be coming on the show to talk about what's new and exciting in functional medicine. And especially the topic he's got going on. He has an upcoming summit on genetic testing and treatment. You've heard of 23andMe and some of these incredible tests out there that can tell you a lot about your heredity and where your ancestors came from just by looking at your blood and other genetic markers that's really helping functional and biological doctors serve you better. So we'll ask him for some tips to help you find a good functional medicine practitioner. So thanks so much again for being with us. Please support our mission by um, rating, reviewing, and subscribing at Your High Vibration Life. And I will see you next time. Go live your high vibration life.